1: Uh, Yes, sir. It's a Friday fix live in the Prop Swap Studios on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. How we doing, South Jersey, and all the millions and millions that are listening throughout the world. And it's 1030, so you know what that means. NFL Eagles insider John McMullen, after we just had Philly Godfather give us his picks. And now John's going to try and talk through this mess that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Alshon, Jeffrey, John, we thought he was going to be uh, on the field before week six. I guess not.
2: No, and if you think about it uh, from a roster management perspective, uh, I mean, the Pup List, which is where he would have been uh, if the Eagles went a different direction, that would have been six weeks. So he would have been eligible to return week seven. So there's still a chance to get him back one game early. Um, and I think the Eagles are going to want to fast-track that just not to, to make Howie Roseman look really bad. But clearly they thought uh, that he was going to be back uh, before uh, the populace, uh would have kept him out, and that's why they didn't put him on that. So uh, this, is, this was the second-to-last game, and Baltimore will be the last game. Uh, So it's disappointing, and and Doug Peterson mentioned today that they were hoping to get him practice reps this week, and then he got sick. So it's pretty clear uh, that they at least uh, were going to try to ramp him up and perhaps get him in this game, but now that's not going to happen. Deshaun Jackson ruled out as well, even though he was able to practice uh, in a limited fashion pretty much all week, so... You're left with the same old, same old Greg Ward, John Hightower, Travis Fulghum, and, you know, J.J.'s back. So that
1: excites people. <laughs> oh, well, thank God J.J.'s back because he can uh, do a lot of nothing like he's known to do in Philadelphia. Um, so, <laughs> so where do we start, I guess, John? What other injuries before we get into the, the matchups and the key, um, key areas to focus in on for the game? Well, uh, those are the only two ruled out, along with Avante
2: Maddox. So, uh, other than the guys on the injured reserve, you know they're out. But the guys who were eligible and on the roster to play, those were the three ruled out. And the Eagles have some moves to make that they'll do on Saturday, typically. That's when you learn who they're going to bring up from the practice squad anyway. But they also have a couple roster spots, and that probably will focus on uh, the guys who are on injured reserve, but they've, they've started those 21-day practice windows. And there's there's three players, Quez Watkins, uh, Craig James, and Vinny Curry. So probably two of those three are, are going to be activated uh, and put on the roster, I would imagine. And then you'll have the two practice guy, practice squad guys, as usual. Um, but it's, you know, this is a week we talked about last week, Ryan, you know, both teams are really banged up. Pittsburgh's one of the few teams that's pretty healthy. Um, so this week it's a little bit different in that the Eagles have, I think, 15 players when you think about injured reserve and guys who've been ruled out, uh, versus two for the Steelers, I believe.
1: Just a mess. Uh, and the Eagles are seven-point dogs. Um, that's a big number, and, and we'll get John's prediction a little bit later in the segment before we let him go. And so we talked earlier in the week, and uh, last night, I believe, all these days run together, but we talked last night about the defensive line for both sides. Um, what are you thinking for the Eagles' offensive line, Jordan Mulata now, week uh, week two, that he's going to have an important role? Um, what, what do you expect here?
2: Well, it's going to be a lot tougher because uh, this week it's Bud Dupree, and we mentioned you know it would have been really tough if Nick Bosa was there in San Francisco, but he was out, uh, and he's out for the season on the torn ACL. So pretty much it was Kerry Hyder who's – yeah, you know, done some things when he was in Detroit, but he's just kind of a journeyman player, um, and it, it was a little bit easier. Bud Bud Dupree is not T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt tends to rush from the other side, so Lane Johnson will get that headache. But it's a pretty good edge rusher, uh, and it's going to be a a different um, sort of test for Jordan Mailata in a much bigger test. And Lane Johnson, as he usually does, uh, gave us a great quote today. He's said, you can't even worry about their edge rushers because of the defensive line. And, and it's, and it starts with Hayward, but also Tyson Ali, Ali Lua, whatever is, I can't even pronounce his name, but he's having a career year, uh, for the Steelers. And, and, and then, uh, Stefan as well, um, They're just really good, and they've been the most productive uh, pass rush in the NFL through three games. Remember, they didn't play their fourth game because of Tennessee, and the Eagles have been the overall best pass rushing team because they played that fourth game. So these are the two best pass rushes in football. The difference is I think the Steelers are a little bit better equipped on their offensive line. Than the Eagles are on their offensive line, and that's because of the injuries there. I mean, you can't lose. We got to talk to Jeff Stoutland today, and you think about, man, you lose Brandon Brooks, and and I know people think Jason Peters uh, stinks now, uh, and he certainly hasn't been playing well um, early in the season. Isaac Samalo, uh Andre Dillard, this is that's a lot on on the offensive line. And I don't know a, a team in the NFL that could lose four players like that and put together a capable offensive line. And that's what the Eagles have been able to do. And a lot of it has to do with Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Um, and by the way, Lane mentioned that uh, he had to get a fist strained in that uh, troublesome ankle. Uh, so that was the problem last week when he was in and out early in the game. Uh, just a lot of swelling, and he had to get it drained again. He thinks it's going to be better, uh, but we'll see. And, and by the way, Jason Kelsey's also dealing with an injury. So And so is Nate Herbig. Throw that in there. Those guys are playing through injuries.
1: <laughs> Great. Just awesome. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, he had, what, six cc's of fluid? Yeah, if if that happened to me, I'd be out for six months. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and, and Lane was yeah, Lane's in, in the running for the toughest guy in the world, and he and he was telling us all this. I asked the question about his ankle; I was the one. And he, and he also had his Macho Man Randy Savage T-shirt on, so he's always an entertaining uh, interview.
1: Yeah, he really is. Uh, we're talking with John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. And uh, I asked John about this throughout the week, and last night, and this will be a continued topic right here on your Football Fix every night at ten thirty. We talk about the Eagles' identity, uh, and John teased his article that he was going to write for Philly Voice, and voila, it's out now and up and posted on PhillyVoice.com. So be sure to check that out. But John, tell us about it, because you talk about the identity, and it doesn't really start or end with the offensive side of the ball.
2: No, it hasn't at all. I, I mean, the identity has turned into that defensive line, which we, which we just talked about. And I think that's a disappointment, to be honest, if you think about what the Eagles did in the off season and how they came into this season. And if you just think about how they're built. I, I mean, the head coach is an offensive-minded guy. Uh, former quarterback who learned under Andy Reid you're supposed to have an elite-level quarterback, but he hasn't played like that through a quarter of the season in Carson Wentz. And then all you heard about was that uh, Olympic relay team that the Eagles put together at wide receiver, and you, basically none of them are on the field. Uh, Marquise Goodwin opted out. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, shock of all shock, it's hurt. Uh, Quez Watkins has not gotten on the field. He's hurt. Jalen Rager's hurt. Mm-hmm. So all that speed um, hasn't helped you at all. And you know, I, I you know, I, I encourage people who criticize the offense of this team, particularly from game planning and, and the head coach and how he calls plays. You know, I I, I thought about this, and I'm asking everybody. What would you hang your hat on with that offense right now? With all those injuries I just mentioned on the offensive line, all those injuries, no speed at receiver, uh, at least compared to what you thought you were going to have. That we haven't even mentioned <clears throat> Dallas Goddard being out mm-hmm. uh, with with a broken ankle, so you don't you can't lean on twelve personnel. Uh, we talked about Miles Sanders and the fact that. He's not uh, Adrian Peterson is prime. You can't get in the football 30, 35 times. So you can't go to Boston Scott and Corey Clement because when you do, like they did last week at the end of the game, it doesn't work. What, what, what do you hang your hat on? And I, I, I can't come up with anything. I'm hoping you can, Ryan.
1: No, I think prayer. I mean, I, I don't know what you have. <laughs> about it. it's, it's, you know, whatever you do to, to hope for the best. Um, Jason Peters, I mean, we talk about the offensive line. Is Jason Peters done?
2: It could be. Uh, I mean, look, you're not supposed to play at a high level uh, at left tackle at 38 years old, so he was on borrowed time to begin with. Uh, I do think it's a a little bit strange because I think he played pretty well last season. uh, I mean, Andrew Whitworth is another guy. He's the same age, and he's having a great season uh, with the Rams uh, so far. So uh, even though it's rare, uh, it has been done, and Jason himself at 37 was fine. Uh, despite what people say, despite what people say, um, but he, he he did not play well early in the season for whatever reason. Um, the, the you know trying to move over to right guard and then skipping back out to left tackle at the last minute. Maybe that affected him more than uh, people thought. Uh, but you know he's played left tackle for. 15, 17 years, I mean, it shouldn't be a a problem uh, to pick it up again. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, you have to look at those uh, first few games and the way he played and and ask yourself, well, maybe this guy's just done. And then on top of it, you you do have the the injury issues and the fact that um, he seems to have to tap out of games uh, a little bit too often. At this stage of his career, um, and 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 then the second part is, you know, if Jordan Milata continues uh, to perform, why would you want to go back to the 38 year old guy? Um, other than you know the the love and respect from Jeffrey Lurie and and Jeff Stoutland and just about everybody in this organization, I I don't. That would be the only thing where you would turn back to him. And I think that's sentimental. I think that gets you in trouble. Um, you know, think about the Phillies when the Phillies were great. And then they hung on to the the, the sentiment of, of Chase Utley and Ryan Howard and all those guys a little bit too long. And it's always a difficult decision, but they made it with Malcolm Jenkins. Why can't he make it with Jason Peters? I uh, I. They should be able to, I will say that. But the big if is, you know, we could watch Jordan Mylot against Bud Dupree and it could be bad. So, I I mean, I think you'll get a a much clearer answer this week. I really do. If he goes into Pittsburgh and plays pretty well against that type of player, I, I think you might have something there.
1: Uh, uh, Switching to the defense now, John, we have uh, Nate Gary, who's been the topic of conversation for all the wrong reasons, and that continues to be the trend. And someone decided to do what people do on Twitter, and I'm not defending anything that I'm about to bring up, but someone dug up old tweets and found some Nate Gary tweets there that weren't – the most appropriate tweets in the world, offensive tweets, I guess is the, the best way to describe this. Um, what's what's the latest with all of that, and how could this impact the Eagles and, obviously, individually, Nate Gary? Well,
2: um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't agree with it. I, I'll just say that. I, I mean, he, he did these things in high school, I believe. Look, well, I'm not even going to ask the head coach that question. Nobody else did. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't think it's relevant. Um, you know, people say you asked the question about Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Sean Jackson, 33 years old, and is a, a, a uh, uh, has been a member of the NFL for years and years and years. If Nate Gary did that yesterday, damn right, I'd be asking a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but because some fan. Um, doesn't like the way Nate plays and, and decided to try to get him in trouble. Uh, to be honest, uh, I think Nate should have ignored it, but he apologized on whatever the notepad apology is typical. So, I mean, to me, that's that's the end of it. Um, I, I don't think the Eagles are, are going to certainly uh, punish him, which I think was the goal, um, I think the goal was to get him out of here, which I don't think is going to happen, not because he's playing well, he's not, but you don't have any other options, and especially now that T.J. Edwards, I mean, on top of it, he's on injured reserve, so we talk about all the injuries. And now you got to play, whether it's Alex Singleton uh, or, or Sean Bradley, a rookie six-round pick, I mean, that's, you're talent deficient at linebacker. So Nate's not going anywhere. Um, if that was the goal, it's not going to work.
1: Right. I I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think it's an absolute disgrace that someone dug them up and we're not justifying those tweets, but the the kid was a kid and your intent behind doing that is it's, it's just today's world, I guess, with Twitter, especially, and, um. I had to address it. It was up and posted uh, online in a couple different articles, but it seems like the Eagles are just somewhat ignoring it, and I'm I'm fine with that um, decision from the organization's standpoint. So, John, let's look at the game here and let's look at some key matchups. We talked a lot about the offensive line and the Steelers' defensive line, but what are the keys to the game for the Eagles to try and get a win in Pittsburgh?
2: Well, I think the defense is going to have to sort of carry the day again, and it's going to be interesting from that perspective. Uh, Obviously, the Steelers are a lot more efficient this season now that Ben Roethlisberger is back, but I think if you look at the first three games against poor opponents, they won them all, but Ben hasn't been great, and I think he's still... Uh, working his way back as an older player from a pretty serious elbow uh, injury and surgery. So, um, I don't think he's the same guy. I don't think he's a Hall of Fame level uh, quarterback right now, and we'll see if he can continue to knock the rust off and get back to what he was. Um, So, I I think, you know, for the Eagles to win this game, uh, it's going to Follow the same recipe as they were able to do in San Francisco. Uh, and that becomes uh, much more difficult because you don't have backup quarterbacks anymore. Um, you do have probably more playmakers at, at receiver, uh, considering how banged up San Francisco was. Uh, and the running game. And, and remember, David DiCastro is back on the offensive line. Uh, so the better there. Um, it's just a a good, solid team in Pittsburgh. Um, So I would say, number one, the defense is going to have to have a big game again, probably turn the football over, similar type of time, three times maybe, to get you to a position to where you could potentially steal the game. Um, And then the Eagles got to play clean on the other side uh, because they're not going to be explosive. There's just not. There's nobody. There's there's no playmakers outside Miles Sanders, uh, who's very excited about this game because he's from Pittsburgh, uh, grew up a Steelers fan, uh, obviously. But I, in a lot of ways, and I've I mentioned this not recently, but I, I I continue to think we're skipping steps with Miles Sanders. Uh, I think he's a good player, but I think people think he's a great player, and he's, he's not he he's not he's not Christian McCaffrey he's not Alvin Kamara he's not Dalvin Cook he's not he's not that yet and that's where i think people are skipping steps
1: does the depth at running back concern you right now i mean maybe not concern concerns probably not the right word to use but we're we're accustomed to this team having the running back by committee approach and that's nothing against Miles Sanders but and that's just good to have either way regardless of how good Miles Sanders could be they don't seem to have that this year Boston Scott seems like somewhat of a disappointment Corey Clement uh, we're not getting anywhere close to that version that we got in 2017 that's just the reality so how are you looking at that position is that maybe a little bit of a worry as we progress through this season
2: yeah, I think it's it's a big worry, the depth there. I mean, you talk about Doug kind of explaining, you know, people were scratching their heads why Miles wasn't in the game late. And he explained, it's just four-minute offense. We had game plan. That would be Corey's role, and Corey's just not producing. So it would be nice to have, say, Jordan Howard back. Uh, I think the Eagles should have made a, a – a, and when you consider Miami's not even using them um, – they should have made a, a bigger pitch to get him to return uh, because he was effective. And, and and if it's not Jordan Howard, it should have been a Jordan Howard type. And they kicked the tires on um, uh, Carlos Hyde, but didn't want to spend the money to get him. Uh, Devontae Freeman, uh, they were going to bring in. Never actually got to the point after the COVID testing to work him out because uh, a roll open with the Giants when Saquon Barkley went down, so that didn't work out into the season. And at some point, if these guys, and particularly Corey, because you know Boston is a different type of running back; he's more of a um, third-down back in the in. You know, undersized can catch the football a little bit, try to get them football in space. But what the re- Eagles really need as a compliment to Miles Sanders is a between the tackles runner, like Jordan Howard, like LeGarrette Blunt, like those types of back, even uh, Jay Hajahi, somebody like that uh, who, can, who can get those tough yards between the tackles. And you're going to start looking about these guys. You know, maybe Elijah Holyfield on the practice squad. What's, what would what it hurt to elevate him one week and give him a couple carries and say, hey, maybe this guy can be more productive, which any production <laughs> would be more productive at this stage.
1: They've done it in the past. <laughs> They've done it in the past calling players up, and it's worked for the short term. So why not give it another try uh, in the near future? So, All right, we just have a few minutes left here with John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider, and I want to get his score and prediction in just a minute, but let's go to some player props leading up to that. So Carson Wentz on DraftKings, John, his total passing yards number is at 239.5, 239.5. Is that over or under for you?
2: Well, I got to go under uh, with that pass rush, that offensive line. Uh, and the receivers Carson's going to be throwing to. Um, I I just don't, it it doesn't strike me as a good situation. Obviously, you know, you get one big throw, and and you look at the Travis Fulgham touchdown from last week, think about the difference between that throw, which might have been Carson's best throw of the season, um, Ryan. If he misses that throw, we're, we're talking about him like he's, Awful, awful game. But he hits that throw, and that's how things can teeter that quickly. Uh, But I I just don't like this situation for all those reasons. The offensive line receivers, the fact Carson himself is not throwing the football accurately in a consistent fashion, uh, I would lean towards the under there.
1: And we talked a lot about Carson using his legs uh this week and even early last week. Uh Carson Wentz total rushing yards, fourteen and a half. I, I, I seem to like that over, wouldn't you? Or Yeah, I like that over. I, I don't think this is a
2: game where you can do uh what he did against San Francisco. There was a little more designed uh read option stuff. I, I think Pittsburgh with their three four front Uh, and and their aggressive nature. I mean, Doug said today, everybody talks about the blitz with Pittsburgh. They blitz more than anybody else in this league. And he doesn't look at it like that. And the reason why, and he explained it, and I asked him this question today, is because they always rush five. So, I I, I mean, that's their typical uh, mentality. The three defensive linemen, the two edge rushers, Watt and Dupree, they always rush five. So it becomes a standard instead of rushing an extra guy. And that's why the Eagles look at it a little bit differently. But when you have that much pressure, I don't think you're going to have design runs. But then again, Carson's capable of getting outside the pocket, extending a play cheap plug for tomorrow's show. Uh, Mike Kay from NJ.com is going to be on. But uh, he could get 14 in one scramble. So I, I'd like to be over there.
1: All right, John, so let's let's do it. Your score and uh, overall prediction, final words for Eagles-Steelers. Yeah,
2: I, I just don't see. This is different. I mean, if you look at San Francisco and getting off the snide last week, I mean, Nick, Nick let's be honest, Nick Bollins was terrible. Uh, you're not going to get that from Ben Roethlisberger. He might not be great, but he's not going to throw the, the football directly to Alex Singleton, throw away the game, just, Miss pass after pass. He's just not going to do that. So um, this is a good team. It's not a great team. It's not Kansas City, as I I talk about in the NFC. Probably not even Baltimore, but it's a really, really solid football team. I think the Steelers are going to win kind of easily, 26-17.
1: 26-17, and just to go – some more individual props. You look at the total points listed on DraftKings for the Eagles; it's eighteen and a half, and for the Steelers, it's twenty-six and a half. So John McMullen, right on the money there with the odds makers. There you go.
2: There you go. Well, I haven't been able to pick an Eagles game to save my life, so that <laughs> should give some hope to Eagles fans. But at, at, at some point, at some point, we're going to get a beat on this team, and I think. We're getting closer to that point.
1: Let's see. Let's see if the Eagles can uh, work some magic and find a way to win in Pittsburgh. It's going to be tough, to say the least. John McMullen joins us every single night at 1030, and that uh, wraps up the week for your fix right here on The Fix. But be sure to listen to John tomorrow morning on Extending the Play, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. John, go watch some NBA finals or whatever else you're doing. Netflix, all works.
2: Yeah, a little NBA Finals. We just saw the Tampa Bay Rays advance. Now we're going to go and see if LeBron can bring it home.
1: Hey, I want to watch. We have a minute, so I'm just going to throw this out of you. I want to watch that uh, Craig Carton, uh, Netflix, or not Netflix, it's on HBO. Did you see that trailer yet? I have not. Okay, okay. I have not so, so it's called, uh, I'll send it to you in text message, um, but it's, uh The downfall of a loudmouth radio star, and that came out yesterday on HBO. It looks pretty good.
2: Well, it's going to be the rise because it's going to be back. So it's downfall and then the rise. That's right. He's uh, going to be back very quickly.
1: Yeah, but not is. as
2: good as Ryan Rossby. No, well, no That's one's true.
1: no one's as good as that. Come on, now. That's that, <laughs> that goes without saying. But uh, I'll send you that trailer. And for uh, the listeners out there, there's a little Netflix talk for you mm-hmm. and Doc Talk. But uh, all right, I'm rambling. Go ahead, John. <laughs> uh, yeah. So extending the play uh, tomorrow, Mike K, dot com. Tune in ten o'clock. There we go. Johnny Mac extending the play right here on AM 1490. Thank you, John. All right. Thanks, John. Later, man. There he is, John McMullen. Be sure to uh, catch Extending the Play tomorrow at 10 a.m. But that, that documentary, uh, if you're listening, you're a sports radio fan. Catch those springtime vibes
0: all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks.